Yo. Oh, I gotta do that again, huh? Yeah, give us another one. Yo, <clears throat> damn. You know, I've been by, I've been battling this cold for like two fucking weeks, and it's really messing me up. Let me see. Let me. I gotta try this again. <clears throat> All right, are we ready? Do you need backing tracks? Maybe we can like a pre-recorded yo. Hey, you just <laughs> everybody. Greg just spoiled our our. We've had a pre-recorded yo stinger this whole time for the past two years. All right, let me try it. Yo, there we go. All right, that was that's good. It. Welcome that's to an another episode of the Where It Went podcast, where we are discussing the Revelation Records catalog in chronological order. And we're on an interesting record this week, this episode. Jason, why don't you tell the people what we're talking about? This week, we're talking about the Social Climber 7-inch by Civ, released in 1996. What is Rev 55? Correct, Rev 55. Oh, I got it. I got it right. That's great. Um, yeah, Double it's, nickels uh, on the dime. It, it, it got a... I, I don't know. We'll have some stuff to talk about this, this record. But end, before... Yeah. We get into the conversations, plural. Uh, I think it might be already time to. I want to give a bit of bow to um, John and Meat Cheat fanzine. He uh, has been doing, you know, he's been involved in hardcore scene for a long, long, long time. Um, And uh, he started the zine in the mid nineties, uh, until the early two thousands, like 2002 ish. Um, and there is a new issue, number seven, first issue in two decades, which is crazy to think that 2002 was two decades ago, but that's a whole other topic of conversation. Um, he talked with, uh, field day, um, as we all know, Field Day, I've, we had our live chat with Doug, um, you know, Peter is a friend, great band, Shay. Um, right, Jason? Oh, yeah. You know our dude Shay, right? Yeah, yeah. Bit of Shay. That's right. Yeah, Bit of Shay. Alumni, great dude. Ripping guitar player. Was able to, you know, do those, play those Brian Baker style parts with uh, effortlessly, it looks like. But um, no, an interview with nothing. Uh, it's an unreleased interview from the t- uh, Tired of Tomorrow era, which is oh, nice. Javier's favorite nothing record. Well, I, I don't know about that anymore, actually. That's, that could be a whole other conversation. But a- after the, the newest record came out, might be uh, my favorite. Ah. Uh, yeah. The Great oh. Dismal, right? I really, I, yes. I, I mean, and, you know, we usually, since we usually just exclusively talk about the band Nothing. Uh-huh. Um, I, I could probably. I love the first three records, and mm. it's not even any reason on purpose. I just, for whatever reason, I I, I think because it came out during like the time where there's no gigs and stuff. I just sort of passed by. So that's going to be on my to do list is to listen to that newest. Yeah, band. it's great. Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, I, I don't Desmond. see great record. I I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be because I really enjoy everything that they've done. Um, there's also interviews with Dave uh, Witte, Tesco V, oh, shit. Harley Witty. Flanagan. Um, it's uh, it's a black and white zine. There's a blog. Um, 
which I'll need to get the, uh, John, you'll have to give us the, the address for the blog and give me the address, but I'm sure you can Google meat sheet zine blog. Um, and you can order it's $5 postpaid anywhere in the continental USA. And he's open to trades and, uh, distros that want to, you know, labels that want to sell the zine. A couple fun facts would be one is that, um, Issue number two of, of the zine from the 90s was tied with tension building uh, as having the very first floor punch interview. It was uh, Meat Sheet and Tension Building came out around the same time. And they they had what was the first uh, floor punch interview. They came out like, within the same week or so. Um, issue number five made it into Thrasher, the, the zine reports they would do. Thrasher magazine. Mm. That's pretty cool. And then finally, issue six had an interview with our very own Jason, uh, all about Count Me Out, done over, we're going to date ourselves here, AOL Instant Messenger. Yes. Jason, yes. What, was your, um, what was your AIM name? Ah, you know what? I don't even remember what it was. It was nothing clever, oh. though. It was totally nothing clever. It was Mer- something that I would merch change. Man, merch Man yeah. 69. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love shirts, bro. No, I, I can't remember what it was, but I would change it. Like, I, w- I think I would change it every month or so if I got bored with it. I wasn't consistent. You know, there's consistent posters that would uh-huh. post on message boards, keep the yeah. same name and all that. I never really yeah. posted on message boards, but I would lurk. Okay. Well, anyway, bit of bow to meet sheet. Check it out. I, I love printed zines. Um, so definitely get into it. Speaking That's of all zines, I got. I got a bit of bow to sex and glue fanzine slash uh, distro slash podcast. Brian over there at sex and glue um, has a really interesting podcast. And last night I did, I think my either third or fourth uh, episode with them and we talked about rival schools united by fate nice for like an hour and a half and i actually had to leave the conversation early we were going track by track and i had to leave early because my kid was like yo i'm hungry so i had to <laughs> leave the podcast to make my kid dinner um but it was a really interesting fun conversation and uh brian does some cool stuff so Go check out Sex and Glue um, on all of the major podcast platforms and social medias. Sweet. Was it was it the first Rival Schools record, United by Fate? Yeah, it was United by Fate. Track by track. Okay. Yeah, we talked about it track by track. I think I got to track six after like an hour of this conversation, and I was like, (laughs) I gotta go. Kids ruin everything. I know, right? I will listen to that. I'm a fan of that kind of conversation. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's a um, great album. Jason, you got anything to bid up to the bow? Yeah, let's uh let me just bid up bow the McTurnans. Mm. Brian McTurnan was... just worked hard on this video for I will leave you with this, the new single that premiered this Friday and it's just got this cool behind the scenes footage from a lot of bands that recorded with Brian and it's just so cool to see everything together and it'll probably everyone I've talked to they said it'll a lot of people said it made them cry. A lot of people said it made them happy, of course, to see. Mm-hmm. So one of those two things will happen. You're going to smile, you're going to cry. But it's, Yo, it's, it's awesome. I straight up asked our group chat, 
I got this picture in my head, right, of Brian, like, wringing his hands together like some dastardly villain saying, like, I'm going to make people cry with this song and this video. And, and it fucking works, man. Even me, who, like, doesn't – I didn't know Stu. I didn't know yeah. a lot of the people in that video. And I was just like, yo, this is emotional, I like, I didn't full blown cry, but like, I could see how someone who was involved in that world, Same. it would, it would yeah. be like, like going up to an attic, like in, in um, Christmas vacation, when he goes up to the attic and he's yeah. watching all the home movies and he sits there with a the fucking blanket over his head, watching the home <laughs> movies. <laughs> that was Brian in his studio, like just fucking reliving like all these moments. As long as he didn't fall through the, uh, whatever that, <laughs> hey, the man, attic, maybe he did. I, if he did, I hope that he recorded it so that I could put it on my harsh noise album. So Jason, <laughs> Jason cried when he saw it for different reasons than you'd think. He confided in me uh-huh. and it was because he had one of his super big gulps that he no longer can have. <laughs> <laughs> no, <So> he, dude, <laughs> I cried for that chain shirt. I'm wearing this chain shirt that I had from the, from the supposedly from the first show. And I remember I saw the photo for that. Damn. What and what happened to that shirt? Oh dude. I, when I moved to DC times were hard and I, uh-huh. I moved to DC for a year or so. Yeah. And so I've been there. Plan. We, we call it the great purge of 2010. Uh, I had a kid coming and I was like, uh, ah, I just got to get rid of some of this stuff. And uh, now I look back and don't laugh. It's cool. Yes. that There, there was so much, um, so many pictures taken at the uh-huh. studio. Like, yeah. Oh, I wish I, I wish, more, man. I wish like I had pictures from, you know, stu- more pictures from I have recording and, like zero of all the times I've ever been in a studio. I don't got, think that zero? I ever have one, oh, one God. picture of, of anything. Can I tell you something though? Yeah. Here. I remember taking the photos around that time period and everyone being annoyed with me taking the photos. Mm. You know, why are you taking yeah. photos? Because I know things are temporary. And so yeah. I appreciate it. Try to appreciate all the moments wow, when we were touring. Great. I would try to take photos, uh-huh. studio, yeah. try and to take And it's funny because now everybody has a camera in their pocket and it's right. like, it's too many like photos. too much. Too yeah, many like photos. It's almost like, oh, hey, we're out to dinner. We got to take a picture of us. And it's like, no, oh, it's cool. Enjoy yeah, the moment. Just yeah. enjoy the moment. Yeah. Oh, but we besides the video being awesome, the song is rad. So the new Be Well comes out when May, it's in May sometime. I'm sorry. I don't know the date off the top of my head, but it's up for pre-order. And well, I mean- we don't need to know the date because we've already heard the whole thing. That's yeah, true. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It is sick. If you like, if you like the last record, which why wouldn't you, right? You're gonna like this one too. Um, it's just nice, catchy, raw, you know, great lyrics as always. Um, so yeah, bit up of Mike and Brian McTurnan and all the all the be well guys. Dahlbeck, Schleibaum. Mike Schleibaum, Peter Tesoris that I went to high school with. Yeah, Peter. That took and me then, to my first show. And then who is the remaining fella? I'm sorry. I should know this. Oh, Shane, Shane from Richmond. Shane. They, yeah. All the guys. Great, great yeah. group. I'm glad I got to see him. Yeah, I I'm can't, stoked. Can't wait it's, to see him again. I, I get to see him in a, it's going to be a couple months before they come out here with Newfound Glory. But the the venue that they're playing at is fucking huge, and um, it's uh, right near Disneyland. Also, 
So I'm stoked that I get to see, uh, really, I only know Brian and Aaron from that band, but um, I'm stoked to see them perform a live yeah. concert. And there. also we have to, I'm saying it's on the main channel. Uh-huh. We have to, I've talked to Dahlbeck recently and uh, we got to do that Essex coffee episode yep. for yeah. the patrons because I have, I have a lot of coffee questions. Oh yeah. So anyway, why don't All we right. get into, so real quick with this, um, these interviews, it's two separate ones. We, uh, Jason and I talked to uh, Sammy, Arthur and Charlie about this social climber seven inch. So we have that chat and then we thought it's not much there. It's, I mean, it's a two song seven inch and it was awesome talking to those guys. So we decided to bring on our friend, uh, Sean from, uh, six, one, three, one records, who is known for being a Civ super fan. And we had a chat with him that talked not only about the seven inch, but the, the, you know, little bit of set your goals, a lot about the second record and some other stuff. And I think, You'll enjoy the conversation. So, kick it. Kick it. Can I kick it? Kick it. Kick it. Don't you get restless? You're on the guest list. Walk in the show, open your mouth, and the best it. Where were you when I needed someone who would cover for me? Or second thought, I don't care. I'm not stressed. Go make it an appearance and open up the watch. No general protection you can never trust. Don't you get restless? What's up, everybody? Thanks so much uh, for tuning in on Where It Went Podcast. We are here with Siv, the band Siv, once again, with Sam, Charlie, and Arthur to talk about the 7-inch called Social Climber from 1996. Um, What's up, guys? How's it going? What's what, what number rev, what number rev is this? What number rev? Jason, tell him what number rev is. Number 55. The double nickel. And drive 55. That's right. Double, double nickels, nickels on the dime. And then what songs are on this record, aside from Social Climber? Sausages is the B-side. That's no, it? Sausages? No, it's Sausages. There's a question. Oh, Sausages, you're right. Thank it's you. prerogative, yeah. <laughs> So this this one was not you know I by think the way, before I forget by the way that sausages that's um, a reference from Kids in the Hall. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. So Walter and I Walter and I used to watch that heavy uh, when we lived together. So there's a skit that's just disturbingly funny, um, and I'll just leave it at that. Sausages. <laughs> Sausages? That's where that came from, anyway. I love that there was a question mark, too, like when, when I, you know, get the record. Um, so, you know, I think when I first, so I was super excited for this after having the the um, Set Your Goals album, and this was maybe about a year later, and doesn't disappoint. It's in the same vein. Like, these songs sound like they could have been on the record, but my understanding is this was not recorded at the same time as the album. These were all done. The, both tracks were done after set your goals. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. so what was it just basically like, was this again, Walter had these songs or did, did you guys, was this? I think Sammy might know, but I think, I think sausages, that was definitely a GB 
Um, we had a song called Country. Yeah. Girl Biscuits, like towards the end there, 91 times when we started writing some new songs. This The working title, I think, was Country for this song. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm pretty sure that I, I'm pretty sure, I feel like I came up with the riff for Social Climber. That was just something that I, and I'm trying to remember what the reference is. It was definitely like um, very verbal assault. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. Minor verbal threat. Assault, like, I can, I think I, I think I had that riff and Walter pieced it all together. And then also, and then the, the little bridge part too is very uh, minor thready. Um, I think there were just like two riffs that I had strummed out that were like, hey, we can make this into something. But it was after, yeah, it was definitely after, well after the recording and like, and like touring. Per se. Is there any issue with it? Like was in, as part of the contract with Atlantic, was it were you just able to do like a single like this it wasn't a problem like they weren't like well we want these songs for your next album don't put them out as a single i think they probably got you know if i'm if i don't totally remember but i imagine that you know they all really were cool and were down with what we wanted to do and i think they understood the fact that you know atlantic records doesn't drop seven inches you know what i mean and and so for us like we wanted to drop a seven inch. We had these two songs and, you know, we, we, it was time to kind of put some new music out there. We wanted to get these songs out. So I'm sure that they just were like, fine, this is great because it helps their cause and uh, it helps our cause and, you know, it's a win-win. So we, uh, but we did that. I mean, the main thing that I remember from that record really was more of just the art and the shoot, the photo shoot around it, the back cover. We were hanging out at Don Hills a lot at the time. There was a, a Thursday night party there called Beaver, which was like real, like our friend Frankie would DJ and it was like real eighties kind of theme thing. And it was just the time in New York city was just really fun. And really the community was, was like extra special and especially there. So we, I think our, yeah, our friend Russell um, is on the cover. And so he had this thing that he did called Johnny favor where he would dress up like as sort of this, like kind of washed up Elvis singer and perform and him and, and Frankie, who was a DJ, Frankie was a great guitar player, and Charlie had played with him a little bit, and then I got looped into it, and so I would do it, and, you know, different people had kind of been in that band, but they just do performance. It was sort of like kind of part comedy, part real passionate cover thing, but the idea was to have him on the cover for Social Climber um, and then do a shoot at... Uh, but I think you know, the, the cover of Social Climber is us out in front of downhills. So, no, so he's on the insert. Pull up the insert for a second. I think okay. the insert is just um, my cover is Adam. I got a live shot on one side, and then it's got lyrics on the other. What the hell am I thinking of? That are you thinking yeah. of the secondhand superstar? On the cover. <laughs> the Johnny's favorite thing was later. I'm thinking of secondhand Adam, superstar. God damn. Yeah, Adam Roth. Adam Roth is on the cover. Who died a few years ago? One of the nicest humans in the world. Adam Roth is there with the guest list. Well, the cover okay. was shot at Don Fury's, and the back cover was shot at Don Fury's. And a fun fact about the Johnny back cover Elf. is that Arthur did not make the photo shoot. I did not. And so our tour manager, buddy, amigo, best friend, Jimmy Perry, filled in as Arthur. And there you we have dressed, it. We dressed on the Where Went podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to mention that. I was going to mention that, uh, that, that, that uh, Set Your Goals started off with me uh, not playing bass on, the, on, on one of the first songs. And this is kind of a bookend to the to the 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 set your goals uh era it ended with me not making a photo shoot and jimmy perry who who's a half inch shorter than me and uh we both used to wear our hair in like big 
a big um, a big uh, pompadour and whatnot. Yeah. So he's head down. Yeah. So that's not me. And show us the cover one more time to that. The cover. I think Yolanda's on in that cover, right? Yeah, that's Yolanda Ross. So she's uh she's an amazing actress. Yeah, she's become a big up actress now. She's on The Shy and a bunch of different things. Um, oh, really? Yeah. The one guy with his hand like this looks reminds me of um the drummer for Smashing Pumpkins, Jimmy Chamberlain. I don't yeah, know Jimmy Chamberlain in there. Hanging <laughs> 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 out. <laughs> they were so, all in there. Um, when when you guys this was done at Furies, the recording. Right. Yeah. Uh, did Walter play on this, produce it, or was this just like he he had the songs and pieced them together, and then you you did the rest? I mean, Sausages was an old song, and uh, and then Social Climber was the new one that I'm assuming that Walter you know wrote and produced, and or Charlie wrote the riff, and so I th- I don't think he played on it, but he might have. It's hard to say. And then was it just like you recorded, it and of course Rev was like. Oh, we'll do we'll do a single, sure. I yeah. think we already I think we had already established at that point. We established with Atlantic Lava Records and with Jason that we wanted to do, and they thought it was a cool idea, like to keep singles and like seven inches and vinyl stuff with Rev. Yeah, kind of what I like. The thinking in the early days of Sib when the band started was to roll out singles, singles, right? You know, like very uh, kind of homage. Singles going steady, exactly. There you go. So this was so, kind of playing into that. I no longer have uh, I, some somewhere to the sands of time. I lost my physical copy of this. I'll have I had I had it on blue too. I'll have to I'll have to find a way to replace it. But that's neither here nor there. So anyone listening, if you want to send to me, DM me, and I'll uh, give you my address. But am I crazy? Like, because Jason also doesn't have a working turntable, so I have a working turntable. He has the records. So together we could have. <laughs> unlock this mystery but separately we can't now there was also these like interludes right like two little weren't there like a spoken word type thing or something like i yeah, haven't I th- played the vinyl in ages can you play it jason i don't i don't like th- this might be the one that i think friend, there's uh, talking didn't you say someone from japan yeah this is i uh, wasn't uh the fumi yeah fumi Okay. So our friend, yeah, yeah, there was a jam that for me it was kind of like almost like a like a Beastie Boys kind of check your head type thing. So I just had a riff. If that's the one, is that the boom boom do boom boom boom? Yes, that was it. That was it. Yes, it's not on the discography at all. I forgot all about that. Yeah, that was just a little jam thing that I came up, and the idea was that you know very like Beasties influenced. Thing. And is that the one where she's just speaking and uh, we told her something to say and she speaks Japanese over it? Yeah. Yes. Is that what's on there? <laughs> yes. Because I got excited because I was like, you know what? I was like, why didn't I think to check YouTube? Someone probably did a vinyl rip. Right. So I found this. It says full EP user Joni Paz. And I, I was super excited. And it said it was only three minutes and 51 seconds. But I'm like, OK, I guess I guess it was that short. And the stuff's not there. It's just the two songs. Yeah. So, so I was Jason, really you have a, you have a turn Paz. I don't have yeah. a working one. No. It's so sad. Come on, guys. What I kind know. of operation is this? I know. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say <laughs> and it. I don't have the, and I don't have the seven inch, which I just saw. I can probably get for under $5 on Discog. So. I mean, I think the thing with Fumi, like probably it, it just goes from the album from Set Your Goals, where we were into having these like little skits or interludes or kind of fun and keeping it fun and fresh. And so, um, 
that's probably where that came about. There's footage on you on YouTube I've seen too, by the way, I, of Gorilla Biscuits doing cowboy song like somewhere I forget where, but like you can find it. It's it's very hard to like make out the song, but you can hear the that riff like you talked about. Yeah, I think we played um, it maybe in Europe in ninety uh, ninety one on that tour that that we did. We played like Distance and Cowboy Song and. Um, you know, I think it was an interesting time. That's right when Walter was doing Moondog. And I think like all that stuff was kind of looking back like Moondog and that kind of body of work and what might have been, you know, uh, Gorilla Biscuits or, or you know, was Moondog or then later went on to be Civ. It's just like, you know, that all it all happens for a reason. And that was a real transitional kind of stepping stone, I think, for, for Walter um, and for like this evolution of where it we all kind of went, you know, where it went. What'd you say? Guys, <laughs> you did like a horn, like, <laughs> guys, I'm going to have to jump because my phone's about to die on me. Uh, okay. okay. So what I was going to say, this one is, 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 uh, you know, short. Um, I don't really have too much to add. Other You're than a Patreon user, get your money back. <laughs> no, this, one, this is a real episode. This is red 55. It's just going to be, be a real episode, man. Okay, how are we going to do uh, we can't we do an hour talking about the two song sync. Well, Social climber. Also, I, I remember a track. Uh, Social climber. Yours is Social climber, Arthur. Yeah. Why? What's your hot track on this two song single? I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Oh, I, Social climber. <laughs> <laughs> I love the riff, and I love the minor threat breakdown. Jason. Social Climber. Sick track. Good lyrics. Sam? Sam? Yeah, I, know with it too. I never really... We don't have a lot of songs in that tempo, in that feel, or in any band I've been in. Um, For Social Climber. I never played that beat. Like, I, yeah, just so... I mean, aside from it being a great song, I just... it's uh, It always stood out for me as like, I'd always have to kind of think for a second before we played it, like, all right, this song is not just fucking fast. It's kind of different. Um, that's a special tune. That's mine too. So this is like the first ever first unanimous, uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it is. And for the same reasons, I just remember being like, this is like a ripping, like old style. Because remember back then was when they'd say, old school hardcore, you know, in the 95, <laughs> 96, for anything that didn't sound like, Earth Crisis. That's true. It was like old school hardcore, but it's just, it's a perfect hardcore song. We were also going out a lot in New York at that time. And there was a lot of store scenes, just like some easy, some not, you know, people couldn't get into that. People dropping in, people flipping out. Like it just seemed, um, I don't know if that's what sparked it for Walter, but it just makes me think about quicksand delusional, man. Yeah. Same. Yeah, it is. It's like sort of like a sister song to uh delusional and i just love how the breakdown like the, the kind of call and response backup vocals um it's just great yeah cool well, thank you guys like thank you, you. Said, this is this is a shorter one it's harder to it's harder to do a deep dive into a two song uh <laughs> a two song record um <laughs> Now I gotta go back and listen. I gotta listen to that little jam. Yeah. All right, thank you guys so much.
it's official. Yo. Actually, yo. this is going to be like a compendium to the... So I don't know if we needed a yo, but we gave no. it. So yeah. we got a little, you know, as you... I'm assuming we'll, we'll play this after the uh, interview with the band. We talked with um, about Civ Social Climber, Rev 55 with Charlie, Sammy, and Arthur. Um, it's a short record, so naturally it was a pretty short talk. We got some good info. Um, and we were like, you know what? We're bi-weekly. We don't want to just give people a 10-minute interview. And we got more to say about Civ. Jason and I, we love Civ. So we got our friend Sean here from 6131. What's up, Sean? Yo. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> and Jason and Sean, this is, I think, a first for the for, for us as far as interviewers. You guys are in the same room. Yeah, we're in the same yeah, room. It's very pro. Room, yeah. It's it's pro. Yeah. We're trying, you know. So Siv, Sean, you've kind of you know, you had a <laughs> friend of the pod, uh jo- uh Josh, uh, for spinning out, you got to have the illustrious two-part episode on <laughs> um, Civ Set Your Goals. Everybody should definitely listen to not only those episodes, but other episodes of Josh's podcast. It's a really cool Well, uh, you were on there listen. also. Uh, yes, I was on there. You talked about REM? Uh, you too, Joshua Tree. Oh, I gave him a list okay. of a couple of a couple records, and, and he was like, this will be good. And I was like, I, I love that record, so I'm cool to talk about it. But today... Civ. Civ. So I guess I talked about I talked about Civ for three hours. Well, I talked about set your goals specifically for three hours, which is why it's a two part episode. It's a thirty five minute record, and I talked about it for three hours. So that just gives you an idea. So what is that? That's an hour per ten per like eleven point five minutes. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's something dumb. Uh, yeah when we got done he was like i think we need to stop (laughs) so i've got like three more hours of of nonsense about how much i love Civ. so i figure we won't really talk too much about set your goals because again people can listen to not only you know we did the episode on set your goals they listen to between ours the interview the (laughs) interview with walter you know because we interviewed the other guys we just haven't talked to Siv. um and then your stuff with Josh, that's a lot of set your goals. But Social Climber, do you remember when this came out? I mean, yes. Like, I, I remember listening to, I guess, the episode was about set your goals. And there was, like, debate about when it came out or, like, the Wikipedia is wrong or something. And it's, like, I was trying to figure out. I was thinking about today even, like, trying to remember when because I saw him on that Toadies tour and I saw him at Warp tour. Um, and I was trying to remember which came first. I think I saw him with the Toadies before I saw him at Warp tour. Is that your first exposure to hardcore? Was it that show Toadies and Civ? No, because we, they played new direction at that show okay. and we lost our minds. So you <laughs> already so I knew it. new okay. direction at that. I mean, I was a fan of girl biscuits by that point. Um, but I was, yeah, I was probably 16 years old, you know? And um yeah, I mean, I it's just because and then, and then like this stuff, like, I mean, it's just so funny to think about how people consume music now versus then. It's like, I probably didn't even see that this seven inch came out. Jason has one sitting here, actually. I didn't I didn't probably see it came out until later, you know, because it was like, I, I mean, I grew up in Florida. So it's like, there's not a lot of great record stores. Yeah, you know, we're in Florida. Whereabouts in Florida. Um, when I was in high school, I went to high school in Cape Coral, which is like Cape Coral's Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Fort Myers. But um 
but like you know we had a good record store but i mean a rev seven inch for like kind of something like this it was like hit or miss if i was gonna see it you know yeah i don't even think i knew the seven inch existed until quite a few years later even though i was a pretty a pretty massive fan so. it's a weird it's a weird record because it's sort of it's you know it's a it's a stop gap almost between the first album and the second album which i, I want to talk about the second album as well while we're on here because why not but um it, i remember when it came out and i don't know how I, same thing it's not like we had an instagram where they'd say you know hey new civ seven inch I must have seen it in the catalog or something. And I, I got it, I'm assuming when it was fairly new, it was 96. Because I think I got it at the same time as Ignite uh, past our means because they were all kind of like, I might have literally in the same mail order gotten Rev 53, 54, and 55. Um, and I feel like this record is kind of just like, people either talk obviously about Set Your Goals. It's a great album or they talk about the polarizing second record. And then this one is kind of forgotten, but I think the title track's awesome. Sausages, or no, Sausages? That's is a question, question mark. Got it. Um, I mean, that's one of the only songs that they have said was an actual Gorilla Biscuits song for, for the second, for the, the pizza album. And you can actually see footage of gorilla biscuits like later on playing it's much different than that but like it's that song and i always wonder why but i think too for me like this i listened to it on vinyl but like it was never on cd so i i didn't get to play it as much either because you know it was the 90s so i wonder if that's why it's maybe a little bit forgotten too is because like you couldn't just like pop it on in the car i don't know i think it's a especially the title track it's awesome it just sounds like I mean, they sound like songs off the first LP. Yeah, totally. And I think the other thing is like, you know, again, trying to remember, but like at that point, I wasn't as like, I was aware of Revelation and I was like, you know, I'd had in-flight program and, you know, had some records, had Girl Biscuits, obviously. But like, I don't know that I was like as aware of the monolith that was Revelation Records at that point to be keeping track of everything that was coming out so like i may you know it's like you were saying you ordered like a couple different things at once i probably wasn't doing that like i I was still buying mostly cds at the like corporate record store at the mall you know and so i remember buying like chain of strength cd at the mall you know and and again only because i'd heard the song on in-flight program you know so um yeah it's it's interesting because and also like the other seven inches that came out i mean i think that they're sort of like you could take or leave i mean they're great you know obviously those songs are on the lp or whatever but like um you know it just wasn't as much like i don't know if i felt like oh i have to have every seven inch of sib stuff right uh yeah i i thought it was i wish that those singles I, i'm assuming you're referring to the can't wait one minute more and all twisted all twisted yeah yeah like i kind of wish they had exclusive b-sides um but i'm i was glad that they weren't given their own catalog numbers because i don't know if i I don't know if anybody would want to hear like an episode <laughs> on the two song seven inch where both songs are on the LP then another one, you know, like that's, that's where our, our inspiration and buddies that uh, you don't know, Mojack, I give them credit because some of those SST catalog numbers are like, you know, catalog number one is the, the, the album. And then catalog number two is like the album, but with like, you know, 
the old <laughs> EP attached, you know, and they'll have to do like the same because we didn't want to skip catalog numbers or combine. So I was I was glad that they were their own thing, but I wish they had like they could have had like cool B-sides. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and those songs existed because obviously, like you're saying, like sausages question mark is a uh, was a GB leftover, you know, so there's there's definitely songs around. I got a question. Did anyone watch the kids in the hall skit that the song sausages was named after? That's a great question. I might have seen it, but I don't. I did. Did you watch it recently? I guess after they mentioned I it. I watched it right after we did the talk, and then I watched it last night also. And not that funny to me. <laughs> I gotta say, they said they were dying off it, but I I could just picture they were probably yeah, just but... hyped, hanging out, living together, and having a good time watching that. And were you were you a Kids in the Hall fan? Yeah. Have you watched Kids in the Hall recently and thought it was really funny? I haven't. I haven't sat down and watched it recently you know what i'm saying other than that skit was the most recent i mean i feel watch. like that in the state are like kind of the two things that are in the same realm for me and yeah both of those i i would lose my mind over when i was younger yeah but yeah. i feel like if i watched them now i'd probably be like all right yeah you know i don't know i mean it, maybe it's just a time thing. no i i think you're right and you're, you're listening to where it went podcast where we mainly just talk about <laughs> different about sketch it. comedy shows <laughs> Um, I felt the same way even about like Beavis and Butthead. Like I loved Beavis and Butthead and I remember thinking it was so hilarious and I showed my kids the movie and it was funny, but like it wasn't like this, like it wasn't bad, but I don't think it, it didn't, I didn't laugh at it at 40 like I did at 15. The best part about that movie is the uh, granted re-recorded I Want to Riot with uh, Stubborn All-Stars playing horns. Oh, is that in the movie? I don't even. Yeah. I just knew the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, roller coaster. Remember, and they had the video. But you, when you do your ska podcast, that's where you really gotta get me going. <laughs> um, but are there also <laughs> like, bring it back? Bring it back. Here's here's my other question that I have. Pick it up. Pick it up. About. No, I'd say pick, pick it, it up, up. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> are there are there is there a two song seven inch that you can think of off the top of your head where you think this two song seven inch is just fucking killer? Because two songs, seven inches are just kind of, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? Because Well, so there's different It's got to be banging. You know, if you had, I guess if you had Burning Fight and No Spiritual Surrender, and that was a two song, seven inch, that would probably still go down in history. But so speaking of two songs, seven inches, there's a couple types, right? There's one, like the ones we mentioned earlier, where it's just, here's two songs from the album on a seven inch, mm. right? Then there's another type that's here's a song from the album and then a b-side whether it's a tossed off b-side like a cover or whether it's just something that didn't fit the record and then it's on there and then the third type is something like this like in between releases usually and it's two great songs i can tell you a great two song seven inch hit me sliver nirvana Yeah, sliver sure. on side a and dive on side b okay but they okay. are rare they are rare because like, i think usually it is like just like oh here's like the single and then the b side is a cover or whatever i just googled um, uh divorce the divorce seven inch quicksand but oh, also that voice killer also release right yeah voice killer yeah i guess if the if the the crux is like released. two unreleased things yeah it would what be about like the vicious sliver. i think the vicious had a two song seven inch also Let's 
but I'm digressing from from Civ <laughs> and the Social Climber Seven Inch, which it's a cool record. It looks cool. The artwork looks great for it. Do you have it on but, blue? No, I don't. That's what I had, and now I don't. Okay. Yeah, I held on to this one. I have this in the secondhand Superstar Seven Inch, and um, I never have a copy of Set Your Goals the LP and I didn't get the re-release and the re-release starts with, or not the real, not the re-release, the discography. The discography starts with these two songs. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So no. what they've done is it does on streaming. Well, the reason it does on streaming is because for the longest time, the only way that all of this stuff was listed was that complete discography as one. So they didn't have it broken out as set your goals. That's it. 13 yeah. day getaway. Okay. And so what they've done now, they've gone back and broken them out. And so the stuff that's listed on streaming services as the complete discography yeah. starts with basically all the stuff that's like not from either of those two albums. Ah, okay. That's why it's on there like yeah. that. All right. Because I actually noticed that too, because I was it's kind of a bummer because if you tried to as a as a you know uh evangelist for this record <laughs> or for set your goals um <laughs> you know you try to play for people and you're like oh go listen to this record but it's like then it you know goes into some murky territory and so uh you kind of can't like be like you got to be like okay listen through to you know whatever glue or whatever like the you know and then and then stop <laughs> so um, what do you so can we move on to the second lp you want to sure. talk oh, we're going to move on that quick. I mean, what? That's the thing. That there's there's <laughs> yeah. not. What can you really say? There's not really that much to say. About, oh, about hold the, on a second. Before we fucking move on to the second LP, we got a one. Ask Sean what his hot track is. He's oh, only yeah. got two <laughs> songs to choose from. But before he answers that, what if this was? And I hate because I always get the comparison. It's probably unfair. But what if this was the last Girl Biscuits release? Was this seven inch? I mean, you I think it would catch. You think it would catch fire? No, I think I. I think that. I mean, and you guys would know better because you've had the conversations with the guys, and I've not as fresh on that knowledge. But to me, like, whether they want to admit it or not, there's songs on the first LP that are Grill Biscuits songs, and like, they may not have been written as at the time of Grill Biscuits, but if he's if Walter's writing hardcore songs that end up being on a record subsequently they're grill biscuit songs right like they could they could have very easily ended up being grill biscuit songs i think the difference is is there's obviously a little more of like a tougher edge and like a little more of an aggressive lyrical perspective but generally speaking i think you know there's a pretty thin line of difference between what is a grill biscuit song and what is that first save record i think same thing with this like i mean they could i mean obviously one of them is we you know there's authority to say like one of them was a good song but like i think the same thing like i don't know that i can as clearly draw that line between the two entities you know between the two bands so like i mean you know if if, if gorilla biscuit i it's it's also interesting too because like gorilla biscuits and civ at the time at least from what i you know and again like i was in like kind of a weird bubble of florida but they kind of existed separately. Like they kind of, I don't know that a lot of people I knew that liked Civ were even aware of the Grill Biscuits. You know, like their awareness of Civ was because it was on the radio. And I mean, in Florida, especially like, I mean, they played typo negative on the radio in Florida. Like it's, it's weird down there. So like a lot of stuff that, I think there was a lot of awareness about it because it was just like popular. Like I remember there was a kid that um, in my high school that would wear a, a Civ shirt that I don't know that he'd ever like, heard a punk record 
you know and he was like from long island or something and just was like oh no i heard it on the radio and i bought a shirt yeah or i saw him at like a radio fest or something you know so like i i just think that it it's kind of hard to like it's apples and oranges a little bit and it's hard to sort of say like if this is girl biscuits like what you know what would it be because i think it just existed in a totally different universe well, so the, that's kind the, of a bullshit answer, but no, I mean, and, and the thing is, too, is I think people and I may have mentioned this when we did the set your goals episode. So you can fast forward if I already said it, <laughs> but like I think people kind of forget how big Civ was for a minute. Like, oh, yeah, they were it was massive. Well, they were, they were on they were they were on MTV and like during normal hours. And yeah, I had a Civ T-shirt that I got when I bought the seven inch can't wait one minute more before the album came out, you know, when it was like, I was a kid, I would take those huge leaps of faith and buy the record and the t-shirt without hearing it, which is kind of crazy to think now, but uh, you know, you did it. Cause again, you couldn't just go on the internet and check it out and discover whether or not you liked it. So I remember wearing the t-shirt to school and like people knew like, Oh yeah. Siv from the, from the buzz bin or, or whatever yeah. it was. And, and that was a big you know, deal. I mean, they that opened a- for Kiss. You know, they played with Kiss at Madison Square that's Garden. Really like, that's crazy. And for the second LP, they played MTV Beach Party, like MTV Beach House. Crazy. It's nuts. And they, yeah, they were, they were big. Yeah. We're sure. trying to segue into the, oh, we didn't give, Sean didn't give no, his yeah, hot we- track before we segue into the second All right, LP. hot track. I mean, I, it's Social Climber. You know, I think Social Climber is the, the song like um yeah i don't have a lot of thoughts about why <laughs> i was i was amazed that it was a straight across the board social climber i do remember that from the hot tracks um the hot tracks segment like nobody there was no outlier there wasn't one person who said sausages even though it's not a, like if somebody said it i wouldn't be like are you crazy i just think something about that like the social climber has that like minor threat feel to it musically. Um, it's funny because I'd never really thought I'd never really connected that kind of late era minor threat to Civ comparison, but it's totally there. And like hearing Walter say that that was definitely an influence on them is like it's kind of like so obvious now. But um, but yeah, I mean that's yeah, it definitely has that sort of like kind of almost mid tempo sort of late era minor threat thing which is really cool yeah it definitely does you know that's like walter's specialty man i mean he's great at writing so many types of songs but for hardcore i think he's really good at at harnessing that like dc by way of new york sound and and making stuff have that little hint of melody i mean i'll say my controversial thing that i've said many times and been chastised for which is Set Your Goals is the best hardcore record ever released. Which is kind of crazy that it's on Atlantic <laughs> Records, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's nuts. Jason's <laughs> face is just like, <laughs> whoa. No, but, but, in all fair, but I do want you to explain why you think that. And I'm not going to try to disagree with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, it, but I, I'm just curious as to I, know what about Set Your Goals. What makes I mean, you think that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the two, the two things that, that, the two bands I got into first that are like bands that I thought were just punk bands that ultimately ended up being hardcore bands and were really formative for me were Grill Biscuits and Minor Threat. And so that informs that somewhat, right? Obviously, if we're saying like, oh, well, it's directly influenced by Minor Threat. Well, that makes sense. And it's Grill Biscuits, essentially. So it sort of is like hits me right where I, you know, right where it matters. 
Um, the production value is incredible. I think that the songwriting on, I mean, any of the hardcore songs on the record, and if you want to call, I mean, if you want to have the debate of whether the other songs that are like more poppy or not hardcore songs, like, I mean, I remember when the first Saves the Day came out, everyone was talking about it as a hardcore record. So like that definition changes with time, right? But I think that, uh, I mean, it's just like the songwriting is impeccable. And I, I, I was listening to it on the way up here and it's like, you know, soundtrack for violence is like 33 seconds. There's a pause. It's 33 seconds and there's a pause. So like, it's, it's, there's not a note out of place on any of the songs and especially the like, what would be considered by all accounts truly hardcore songs they're perfect i mean they're literally perfect and i mean youtube brute is the best hardcore song ever recorded hands down the mosh, mosh part's amazing the mosh it's kind of nuts it's kind of nuts like, that they have these hard mosh like i think the mosh parts on that civ record are harder than gorilla biscuits yeah oh absolutely i mean that's what i say like there's a more aggressive both lyrically and musically there's a, a definitely a much more aggressive kind of almost like macho tone to the you know, it kind of embraces that kind of New York hardcore aesthetic a little more, but like, I mean, it's, it's so good. Like, and, and to be a record that was, I mean, and all, obviously it was to the fact that it was made in, uh, you know, with money that a limited label could afford to spend. But like, I mean, there's no other records that like hardcore records that came out in the mid to late nineties that like sound anywhere nearly as good as that. I mean, nothing. You know, and it's like, I mean, if you want to throw Biohazard or some of those kinds of bands in that mix, but like, and I would say like, I've been on a big Sepultura kick lately and like, you know, this first couple of Sepultura records are pretty like, they're basically hardcore records, you know, by, again, by today's standards, not the time maybe, but they're pretty awesome. But like, uh, yeah, I mean. Oh just yeah, can't... Arise just sounds like hate breed. Yeah, Chaos AD. I mean, Chaos <laughs> AD is a, is a fucking hardcore record. Yeah. But like, but like, I mean, Jello Biafra's on the record. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's yeah. I don't know. It's I love so it. I, it's not my favorite <laughs> hardcore record of all time, but I think it's it's awesome. And I think that you know it it's it's interesting that I think another thing that kind of makes Gorilla Biscuits and Civ different that maybe I didn't notice when I was younger because I didn't pay as much attention, but the drumming, like. Oh, Luke, dude, Sammy. Luke and Sammy are both very different drummers. Both kick ass. Yeah. But I mean, they have different, yeah, they have different styles. Like, you know, <laughs> the drumming on Start Today is not the same as the drumming on um, Set Your Goals, which is a cool thing because, like, Sammy has a different style. And I think, you know, especially in, in doing this podcast and talking to a lot of these bands. I've really come to even more so appreciate what a drummer, you know, brings to a band and how important it is and how you can't just switch out the drummer. And it doesn't you know, like, it doesn't work like that, honestly. And um, I think th this is a testament. I mean, cause it's just different. Their styles are different. Um, Sammy drumming on start today would have sounded different just as if Luke drummed on, on the Civ record. Um, but it's cool. I think like we loved, we talked with Walter a lot about like little Easter eggs to hardcore. Like you have the X'd up guy on the inside and the, you know. Um, well, then there's the, the whole controversy of like, I know I said this to Jason, but like, and Jason debated me on it, but um, whether uh, uh, Steven, what is it? I'm terrible at song titles. 
the song that starts Trust. out with the jewel the sample. sample of jewel like urban or not that 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 song is about jewels and that's why jewels is sampled at the beginning and at the end of the song um and that you know because i i don't know the details on the inner workings but i know that there was a big falling out between jewels and all of them that's why you know i mean it's pretty that's pretty well documented but um and I was I was mad that Jason didn't ask him about it. But. <laughs> I, you know, it was on my list of questions. But then when they were talking, you told me about you checked it, it out. I didn't. When they were talking about, it, they they said specifically that they thought that that was so funny, and that's why they wanted to put it on there. That's 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 twenty five years later, not wanting to ruffle feathers is what that is. Uh, I don't know. It just seems. I mean, hey, this is also coming from me. I was completely convinced that Freddie Madball was an extra in the movie 12 Monkeys because me and Garth thought we saw him in there. And I believed it for- Mandela effect, man. Yeah, the Mandela effect until we did the interview with Toby and Freddie Madball was not an extra in that movie. I also, someone told me, this is a, we're digressing it, but uh, uh, that Chris Callahan is in Good Will Hunting. And it's just because there's a guy in one of the bar scenes, like leaning on the bar that has stars around his elbows. And that's like a tattoo that Chris has. And so that like somebody was like, oh yeah, that's Chris Collian. And I also believed that Ian Curtis killed himself by putting a noose around his neck and standing on a block of ice. I remember hearing that. I've heard that. I've heard that. Oh, you heard that also? A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's not true. Okay. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. Yeah. I stand by my song. I, I, until someone point blank asks them, is this song about Jules? I'm going to stand by my belief that it's about Jules. Cause that's a, I mean, it's a vicious song about whoever it's about. I, I mean, to me, I was, yeah, the lyrical was content a, is now that a, you say that, but a generalized, I, like typical, like, and when I say typical, I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but like a, a typical, like, um, stabbed in the but back. Walter doesn't write song. lyrics, but Walter doesn't write, write lyrics like that. I mean, Walter's a really, I mean, you know, especially nowadays, but like always kind of a posy guy. So yeah, had, I some mean, of that, the lyrics on Set Your Goals are just fucking killer. Yeah. I mean, killer he's, positive. Yeah. And like, I mean, the whole record is like super positive. So it's, I don't know. Dude, it's it really, it, I mean, it, it, YouTube, YouTube Rute is obviously pretty, pretty brutal too. And like, I mean, the Moondog stuff and like, you know, like, so I mean, he clearly had some dark darkness, you know, but like yeah. generally speaking, he's not writing like, you know, Stole from your friends when you thought they weren't looking. Your whole fucking life, you put on a front. I mean, that's like, that's vicious. That cuts to the bone, <laughs> man. That's, a, give... that's that's about someone. That's not a general. It is about someone. That's not sure. a general. Like, hey, we're just. I you personally know. don't think it's about Jules, but that doesn't mean that I don't know any. You know, <laughs> it's possible that it is. We know. I think we, it's you about guys, Jason. This is... I think it's about <laughs> yes, yes, this is this is like you guys need to I'm I'm putting I'm putting the challenge to you guys. Next time you talk to one of them, you got a sidebar, even if it's not on the pod. I just need the, I need the answer. Now, all I'm thinking about is how killer the lyrics. Are. My skull is crushed. Heart ripped from my chest. Yeah, I mean, I, some yeah. friend. Yeah, they said, said we, we were, were the best. best. Oh, yeah. Again, they that's said, about someone. Said, I can't remember what it is. I can't either. But I'm sure we're going to get somebody going. Oh, what the fuck first of all it's about <laughs> that's jewels great and everybody does that. yeah <laughs> some some are. some ner- someone who's more nerdy than me needs to <laughs> yeah. confirm or deny but. yeah i mean the i mean man i i can't give walter enough shine just like his the vision that he has and just the the, the creative output and the talent it's and it's he was doing pretty... it at the same time he was doing quicksand yeah like that's the craziest part is is that like i mean he's 
he's a he's an anomaly right like he's a he's a total human anomaly as a as a songwriter because he's just such a chameleon but in such a perfect amazing way and like to be making records as phenomenal as the quicksand records simultaneously to writing these songs is just like yeah like this came out the same year as manic compression like 95 was his year man yeah riding high you got manic compression the sieve record and then like quicksand's already doing well and then he's helping with the sieve record and sieves on mtv like that's that's nuts so let's talk about after this <laughs> so in my mind when i heard the seven inch i'm like oh the, the second lp is going to be like set your goals part two and then i remember there was the, the label some records which was walter um matt pincus from judge and i believe sammy uh, and they I lived in Gainesville at the time, uh, or like in I moved to Gainesville in '98. I lived there '98, '99, and it was when Hot Water Music was making No Division. Oh. And I remember because um, they Hot Water Music had broken up. Short story: Hawk, they'd gone to Europe, come home, and broken up, and then decided within the next few months they booked the last show. And by the time the last show, the last show happened, I'm doing air quotes, the last show happened, they had basically got on stage and said, "We're not breaking up." And they had signed to some, and they were going to do this new record. And I remember that following, that was in the summer. I remember that following um, fall, the talk around Gainesville kept being like, "Oh, Walter, Walter and Sammy are in town. Walter and Sammy are in town," because they kept coming to town to like, you know, work on stuff. And they recorded a lot of that record actually in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, because Tim Barry's on a song. Yeah, and and uh, Robbie from uh, Amberetta, but like in the Inquisition, but like, uh, yeah, and they, I mean, but they were in town a lot. I don't know if it was during the A and R process or during the recording or whatever, but like, they were definitely in town a lot. And I remember that was like, you know, the murmur around Gainesville was like, Walter and Sammy are here. Walter and Sammy are here. You know, so I love that out. Al- that's that's my favorite Hot Water Music album. That No Division. I think that's um, a. I think that's a safe answer. Yeah, like. I just and Walter Walter's backups on that. Oh, dude, his backups are one song I mean, are just like like you get like goosebumps. Yeah. It's so good. Unreal. But so they did that some label and they did stuff like Error Type Eleven. They did the Hot Water music. They did um, the Beyond discography. And then I remember being at Double Decker, um, Double Decker Records, and I saw the Civ Seven Inch the uh, secondhand superstar. And I asked, you know, Jamie at Double Decker, I was like, what is this? He's like, oh man. And he told me about it. He's like, he's like, there's like keyboards on it and this and that. And I was like, I got to buy this. Cause it was almost like it was cheap enough where I was like, I got to hear like, what, you know what I mean? Cause we're coming off of social climber. And uh, I heard it and I was like, what's going on here and then shortly thereafter the um album came out the uh 13 day getaway (laughs) the name we don't say (laughs) well what do you think about it i mean i have a lot of thoughts (laughs) i mean i think like you know what it feels like to me is that there's obviously some good songs like i think i think in retrospect you can go back and like you could probably pull four or five songs out that are like, you know, good songs. I mean, I think especially some of the hardcore songs are, are really good, you know, like, um, was it Worm's Eye View? And um, yeah. there's like, 
there's like a which is like um, the shortest it's like super yeah short. there's like those and another really short one on there that are both like really good hardcore songs um that if they were on set your goals it would be like totally a fit they wouldn't be anomalous or out of place um but the most of it's awful like most of it's just not good and i think like i to me what it feels like especially in hindsight is you know walt walter obviously stepped away and so they were left to kind of like try to hone the the sound on their own and then it's also the the problem of like chasing the success and i mean it's a classic thing that happens it just happens that it's a band that we all really loved for the first record if it had been just some one hit wonder on a major label we wouldn't even be talking about the second record it wouldn't even it would just be gone from existence right but it's because it's these guys and because of the history and and all of us being such nerds for everything else they've done they're even talking about it but it's 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 them chasing trying to be how do we get back on MTV and how do we, and, and, you know, the conversation would be interesting would be to hear what the major labels involvement was like, was there an A&R person, you know, being, you know, or somebody outside of the band trying to really push them in a certain direction being like, well, this year, the, the hot thing for MTV is keyboards or whatever it is that made them, you know, make these choices to, to, to make these songs that I can't imagine any of them would really stand by now. And I mean, I like, I don't know what the vibe is. Like, obviously I've not they love the record. Talk. Yeah. really yeah they love the record I, honestly i i really enjoy the record i know that's heresy um i don't think do i like it more than set your goals no absolutely not um i would ask I, you if you were deaf if you said <laughs> yeah. there there's people i think that, that may um no, i think no that, no there's no one there's no one that thinks 13 day getaway is better than set your goals no one there's got to be some. No one. Yeah, no there's got to be someone. There's no one. No one. You know what? There's probably someone out there that they picked up 13 Day Getaway and they just really loved it. And they probably <laughs> didn't ever pick up Set Your Goals. They just didn't have that thing in them. But that, that doesn't one, count because they've never heard Set Your Goals. <laughs> but I, when I listened to 13 Day Getaway after we did, or around the time we did the Set Your Goals podcast, I fuck with it. There's oh definitely it's I've good, tried. like it's I've like yeah. really, really tried. It's I kind mean, of like a mod, like it's, it it's got more of a buzzcocks, like super grass. I think yes. that they were trying to go for super that's what I'm saying. They're chasing they're chasing that like whatever because yes. like supergrass was really popular. They yeah. were like whatever in and, and the, the clueless soundtrack, like they're like, yeah, you know, they're like def I could see that. But I mean again, it's I just don't think it lands. I think like I don't think that the hardcore song landed. That's the only song that I yeah, like I would say the hardcore like song the hardcore song is probably the not track but that's like, because it's, it's the not track because they put these weird filters on there i from what that, i like, remember it's really thing. echoey and it's yeah. a lot of filters that don't need to be on a hardcore song and if those filters weren't there maybe i would have liked it better but uh also but when it I has an listen... incredible bass run from arthur on it oh yeah dude that song has like a really sick bass part i <sighs> Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. I've never heard anybody speak positively about that record. Really? They came heard... out. I hated it, man. When it came out, they had the Doritos pick. Uh, they did. Oh a yeah, campaign I forgot with about Doritos. That. Where it came that. with the Civ pick, and I was just so confused by it. You know, I just didn't. I don't know. It's at a time when bands weren't really doing that sort of thing, and then for them to come out with a record that had the sound change so drastically, and then to have that promotion in your face. It just didn't. I just didn't. It's mess a with it. huge change. Like it's one of the bigger changes from a first album to a second album. I think. 
Like it, it, honestly, that's probably why I don't like it because it be, because I can talk about set your goals for three hours. I'm clearly such a nerd for it and love it so much. And because it is like one of my all time favorite records, I think I'm so disappointed by the second record that it's to me it's just like they're not even the same band. Do you know well, what tough, though? You know what would be even more disappointing? And this is the fucked up thing about being in a band. If they would have rewritten set your goals, it would have been just as disappointing. Probably because Walter wasn't involved. Yes. And that's the hard part about being in a band. Yeah. I mean, that's when a huge, when a huge, I mean, Walter is the essence of the band. And so it's like, I mean, I, I would argue probably wrote, you know, every, you know, he wrote the lyrics, he wrote the music, he wrote, you know, almost entirely the entire first record. And in, and, from what i know at least was very limitedly involved if at all in the second record it's like it's a different band oh he wrote one song he did write one song that fucking, little men yeah that song's great the last song the acoustic yeah and song. i didn't he talk about how he liked that song a lot when it's we a did great the song. Your goals talk it might have been off air i can't remember it's a great song i think that what that record needed was a record before it yeah, like I think they needed. I, I think what would have made it different is so that was ninety eight, and they did set your goals in ninety five. Huh? That would have been. But if they would have done an album or an EP, even in between, the kind of like bridge the gap. I don't think. I think it would have been less like for for most people less like jumping into an ice cold bath. I mean, it's like it's like when when Morrissey kicked Mar out of the Smiths and then kept going, and it's like as the Smiths for like that very short period of time with the guitar player from like camera, uh, camera Aztec or whatever, like Aztec yeah. camera, yeah, so, Aztec camera, yeah, and it's like that thing. It's like it's like it's not. I mean, the Smiths are one thousand percent Mar and Morrissey, like it has to be right like you, you take any piece of that and morrissey solo stuff is good i mean you know aside from him being a racist prick but like you know it's it's like and and uh, you know early on he was definitely trying to mimic that but he never got back to being there was never i mean boss Borer is never going to be you know johnny marr what were you going to say jason uh what i wanted to know was and this is completely off topic from what we were just talking about um with the smiths and morrissey but if an artist on 6131 records a record that's akin to set your goals, then follows it up with secondhand superstar, or I'm sorry, 13 day getaway. Do you think that you would try to talk them out of going that direction? Do you think that you would encourage them to try to go further in that direction? Dude, that's a great question. I, I think that, I mean, it's just not a good, I just don't think it's a good record. So it's like, I think, I mean, so are you saying that if the songs like say, say Walter, helped on this one that, yeah. so that's an interesting what if right like imagine if walter helped write this one but still in this vein like hey you want to do something yeah. a little pop oh, yeah. more... i think i think it would have been better because he's good at that but also from what i know the band at one point wanted to take off and write these songs on their own. Right. So, I mean, I get know, it. I understand. I understand the motivation for, for that too. For why they it. wanted to basically yeah. say, like, hey, like we're going to take ownership of our own band. Like, I mean, because it, it it is weird. I mean, right? It's weird that like the guy who wrote all the lyrics and all the songs isn't even actually in the band and like is, you know, not even present at the shows. I mean, obviously he played some shows, but like for the most part, 
you know, was totally absentee. And so like, yeah, it, it totally makes sense for them wanting to take the destiny of the, of the band into their own hands. And also probably cause he was, he was busy with other stuff. You know, he probably, you know, had other things he wanted to work on. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think in context that was I mean, like quicksand was doing the reunion by that point. Yeah. But he's probably already thinking about world's fastest car. He's already thinking about, you know, what would become rival schools. Like obviously there's a little bit of time there, but like I, he obviously musically is going, moving further and further away from what Civ is. And so like, I, I think it was probably mutual. You know, I think if he wanted to be involved, he probably would have been involved. And I think if, if, you know, and, and I think it makes sense that they wanted to try to do it on their own. I just don't know that like those guys on their own have ever written any music that's not hardcore that I would want to listen to. When's the last time you played the album? You know? I probably listened to it. I mean, it's been within the last few years. Okay. For sure. Like, I just think, um, I just think the way it's recorded. I think that the recording is awful. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just, it just feels like such a, like, like uh, a record that is the, is the like dollar bin record that you had on it. I mean, there's a, there's a thousand bands that came out of major labels in the nineties that sound, you know, maybe not sound the same, but like have a similarly, like just flop of a record that you could just, you know, go on Discogs right now and buy the CDs for a nickel, you know, it's just like, and I, and I just think that if, if it, again, if it wasn't Civ, if it wasn't these guys, if it wasn't people who'd been in all these other bands that we all love, we wouldn't be talking about it. And I don't know that, I mean, not to be antagonistic, but I don't know that you guys would be tying yourselves in knots to convince yourselves you like it. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, well, I, know I, think I, know. What I, I think what I like about it, and this is why I love a band like Angel Dust, is because you have someone that's so well-known for Trapped Under Ice, and then they just take that and do the complete opposite of what you'd expect them to do. And I love that about bands and musicians that try to keep on you know, it's better doing than something to do. get away. Anything you know, it's better than 13 day getaway. Anything Angel Dust has done. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. Yes. Um, but there's something about 13 day getaway that I like that they tried to take the songwriting on themselves and they were trying to go for this mod the who fair inspired enough. yeah it's a, it just misses i mean like but yes i agree with what you're saying that it does yeah if i had to gun to my head it does miss but a song such as she's a big girl is tight um, and that's what I said, there's, there's yeah, good songs catchy. like there's good songs but i just think as a whole and as a record it's a massive disappointment and i think that uh you know again kudos to them for wanting to like branch out do their own thing to embrace the mod thing like like that's cool but i mean they're just it's not good like I just not it's just you know i want to talk to them about this record and we did yeah, say so, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping maybe to correlate like some type of episode around the time of rev so we, we gotta we're in 96 now so we need to get to 98 but um i mean i bought the cd right when it came out it was at best buy um what year did that record come out 98 um, it came out. Let me oh, look. Dude. Uh, I mean, ninety-eight. I was totally, yeah. So yeah, because yeah, what? Because so, what else came out? Ninety-eight. Did like because uh, when did like Saves the Day cancel down come out? Ninety-eight. Was it ninety-eight? I was gonna say it's ninety-eight. I think. So yeah, it came out a couple months after this. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. Is like you're you're gonna tell me that you'd rather listen to this over 
can't slow down. No, oh. but I think now when I look back on it Jersey's now, best dancers. It now I liked it way more than I thought I would when I played it when we did the situation. But, but that's that's my point is it's like you're talking about a band that made my absolute favorite hardcore record of all time. Yeah, fair point. And fair then point. like they're gonna make a record that we can't you can't even tell me you'd rather listen to than Saves a Day, Lifetime, like any of the bands doing similar type of like a melodic version of hardcore or a, a you know sort of moving in the direction of more poppy music like i don't know i just think it's like there's like i there's a finite amount of time in my life to listen to music and i want to listen to bands i like <laughs> like records i like and if i'm gonna listen to a record from 98 that that is hardcore dudes playing pop music i'm gonna listen to lifetime or saves today or yeah. Utah glory even you know so like, if i recall this came out because I, I remember it's I don't always remember like my, but for some reason I remember buying this and Girls Against Boys Freak Annika, which was their major label debut, which was also considered by a lot of people to be a flop. Uh, I think it's a good record. Um, but again, that was the first, because I was just like, oh, this is six, you know, Best Buy would do these things where, and that was why they killed so many of the independent stores, of course, but just like Sean said, depending on where you live, like your access to music was lit, could be limited. And I was in the suburbs, so I didn't have all these cool record stores. I had Siren in Doylestown, but that was still like, I, I didn't drive, I had to take a bus. So you'd go to Best Buy, because Best Buy, their whole thing was they'd sell CDs at like cost almost, hoping to get you in the door to buy like a microwave or dishwasher or something. Right. Or whatever they TV. I don't know. What did they sell? I don't even remember. It's been years since I've been to one. But um, I remember getting, you know, you and they would they would do sales on Tuesdays when stuff came out and it would be like six ninety nine, seven ninety nine for a new release. So I saw I was like, oh, Girls Against Boys. I know them. And I, I liked the album a lot. But people at the time, you know, didn't. And Civ, it was the same thing. It was like a, a cheap CD. And I believe. Rocket from the Crypt RFTC came out that day as well. So to give you a little bit of 98 context, there you have it. I so it was it came out, I remember in the spring of 98. Wikipedia says April 7th, but I remember it was more like June. I always thought that that was wrong, but maybe I'm Mandela affecting myself here. When did like Dear You come out? 95. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't hear it until like 98 probably, but, but um, I was also in that, in that bubble of. They yeah, it was. Well, again, it wasn't so. like, you you know, we didn't have these little computers in our pocket where you could just send a friend, yo, you ever hear jawbreaker? And then you send a link and, you know, um, whatever. So let me, I'm looking up here. I don't remember 13 day getaway being really visible at record stores. It wasn't. And that's what I was going to say is so girls against boys, freak Annika. Freak Annika came out June 2nd, 98. That's the date I'm going with for Civ. I remember they, uh, so June 2nd, I was 17. And I think back then I was maybe a little more open, like to like, you know, I feel like if this happened now, I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? But at that time you're buying the CD. Um, you kind I mean, of even felt just like, like you invested money in it. You're like, I, I should probably try to like this. Like a band that was a total flop that was on a major label. There was people from hardcore bands doing a band that was the going for it, sort of like trying to be more commercially viable. Came out in 97. Handsome. That record's awesome. That record's fucking incredible. Yeah. 
as as a biased person who re-released it that's right uh, but like i mean it's it's great so I, I, yeah it's just like i think that's the issue for me is like maybe it's, maybe it's a good record maybe it's okay maybe it's listenable i listen to a lot of music and i just don't have time for a record that doesn't rise to the surface enough to be you know better than five of its competitors in the scheme of things What's up, everybody? This is Javier from the Where Am I podcast. Listen, I already fucking recorded this, and I did a really good job, and the mic was turned off, so I got to do it again. But what I said before was that normally, or formally, actually, if you were listening to this episode, right here, you would hear me, Greg, and Jason talk about our feelings about the Civ Social Climber 7-inch. And believe me, we got a lot of feelings about it. But now, you can only do that if you are a patron. And to become a patron, what you need to do is head to www.wherewindpodcast.com, find information about how to subscribe to our Patreon, and also, you can join our email list, which will give you the most comprehensive Revelation Records discography on the planet. I believe that. But right now, I'd like to give a bit of bow to our top-tier patrons. Billy Tennell, Brandon Gavell, Brian Skiffington, Brooklyn, Cesar Falcon, Chad Kaplinger, Cliche John, David Palmer, Dirk Focused, JPD2, Jeremy Holohan, John Cowell, Quiet Keith, Nate of Head to Wall Fame, Rob Moran, Ryan Walker, Tim Shear, Tyler from the fucking Life and Death Brigade, y'all, Siren Records, and Dollar Slice Bootlegs. Yeah, go to the website, check it out. If you're a patron, tune in on Patreon to listen to what we gotta say about Civ. And we'll see you next episode. Bidipo.